usually say something funny here. Ah, frozen in time. This moment with you is amazing. We're here again, folks. Glad to have you. Andy, what's on the docket today? Today, we are talking about when to debate and when to walk away. Turn the cheek the other way. <laughs> We're going to kind of riff a little bit on social media with that. And then also, I think, maybe within the church, with outside the church, just uh, when to go in on it and when to let it go. And it's a good topic for now because I've realized that people have a lot more time on their hands to debate, mm. to discuss things. Um, even the, the current situation with COVID yeah. gives room for debate. And t- social media ties into this because that's where a lot of this happens. People feel more free to express their opinions in writing when they're not face-to-face. Behind the screen. Yeah, behind yeah. the screen. They can hide that way. Yeah. And, you know, not that... Uh, not that that's necessarily the worst way to communicate. Right. I think all these, you know, past theologians would do that. I think you have um, Augustine debating guys on paper and... Yeah, yeah. Calvin, certainly Luther. Yeah, I don't think that um, confrontation is a bad thing. No, it can be constructive conversation. Yeah. I don't think we're used to that. No. <laughs> I don't think we're used to that in our culture. I don't think we... we Start to get into these issues, whether it be politics or religion, and that just seems too taboo. Even if we're having a nice conversation, people are like, whoa, yeah. don't go there. We're very easily offended. Yeah. Is that, do you think that's because we take everything personally now? I guess. Why do we take everything so personally? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't get it. I, I'm not trying to brag here, but I'm not easily offended. Yeah. I don't because I don't yeah. feel like everybody's attacking me. If right. they are, maybe I'm just oblivious. Maybe I'm just <laughs> Maybe they are. Maybe. No, I feel the same way and I got to be honest, I'm rarely on social media. And yeah. so some of what we're going to talk about, I've had experience in it though, so I guess we can. But I I rarely get super offended. Mm-hmm. I mean, you have to specifically say you're my issue and then I'm like then I'm still kind of like, "Ah, eh. Yeah, we can we can work on that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, you know there are. I found that there are times to not engage in debate. Let's 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 put our let, let's take the the church context. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If somebody comes up to me after a sermon and says, "Well, I don't necessarily agree with that," then I'm like, "Okay, cool. I'd love to talk to you about that." Yeah. But I can't engage them at that moment. Right. There's a whole lot of other stuff going on. Right. But I definitely try and set up, because I like to hear from people that don't agree with me. Yeah, and so is the burden then on you to set that meeting up? Probably. Yeah. Yeah, I've had that same experience where people will come up to me after a a worship service or something. You all right? Yeah. (laughs) And they'll... They'll voice their displeasure in a song or the music or whatever it may be, and it's very difficult to respond at that moment, whether it be because there are people around or my mind is elsewhere and I don't want to say things that are just off the top of my head wrong or not helpful. Mm. So at that point, yeah, I guess it is on us to say, hey, this I appreciate your your opinion let's set up a time to talk about this because this really isn't the best place <laughs> yeah 
But I've also found that if you read your Bible, which I hope you do, that the conversations that are had with Jesus as he's walking around are surely in-depth and intentional and all that sort of thing. So why do we avoid those things? And that's one thing I appreciate about my wife is she's not, small talk does not jive with her. This is so pointless. Like, let's talk about something that may make us uncomfortable. Oh. You know, not for the sake of making ourselves uncomfortable, (laughs) but that's what's going to matter, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So not that I don't care that it's raining outside. I like that. I'm sure you enjoy that right now, too. Oh, yeah, for sure. A little coffee. Yeah. So it's just... uh, Let's do it, man. Let's hear what you think. Yeah. We're into that. Yeah. At, at the right time. Some people don't have a social filter. No. Or a, an understanding of... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll give you an example, man. When I was a youth pastor, one time I did the sunrise service, um, and this happened more than just there, but there was a guy in that town, in that area, who was all about just making sure people understood his belief that once you were saved, you didn't sin anymore. And he might have been off in some way. I don't know. But so after the sunrise service concludes with my final statement, and even before the prayer, he has to pipe up and, you know, try and debate this point. And he he did it more than one time in a public setting such as that. So that's probably when you don't have much of a filter. That's not the most purposeful way to yeah and even scripturally i mean we see paul talks about church gatherings not being a place of confusion so when he's talking about talking in tongues uh he's responding to this church service that apparently is causing all sorts of chaos and confusion and people are doing one thing over here and another over here and i i think that type of thing especially in a service like that to pipe up and be like well, that's kind of going against scripture, in my opinion. I saw, I saw a video one time of a guy who interrupted John MacArthur during. Oh yeah, have you seen that? Yeah, I saw they had a backpack on. Where yeah, where he's <laughs> like he's upset because MacArthur's a cessationist. Yeah, which is a whole other conversation. You can look up that word. Yeah, uh, but he comes up on stage and what he says is he he goes. The Holy Spirit has sent me here to tell you that you grieve him. And my first response to that is, no, he didn't, because you're causing chaos in God's church. Yeah. So uh, that's one thing. Like Timing is, is everything and, and good understanding of the situational awareness. Well, that's a good point, because even when someone is in error and sin, is the first step according to, is it Matthew 16 or 18? I don't know. I always forget these references. <laughs> The the first point of contact is privately. Yeah, yeah. It's not to make some big scene. Yeah. Debate, man. I remember when I first started seminary, that's all that there was. Before class, it was people just button heads publicly over some irrelevant secondary yeah. issue. Yeah. And they were doing it to win. To that win. That was the heart. It yeah. wasn't to find the truth. Yeah. That's maybe that's the part where we need to enter into these debates that we have with people that we disagree with or whatever is we need to have humility enough to be like, "Oh, I might be wrong." Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if that's our if our focus is on truth, truth and not being right, which I'll admit I've had problems with. And 
fighting the fight against flesh and pride and selfishness. Yeah. That's one that I have to constantly keep in mind. Like, it's not about me being right. It's about them knowing truth and seeing the glory of God in a, in a more full and scriptural way. Yeah. So if we don't put ourselves first, and maybe that's why we get so offended, because we want to be right. I think we you texted me the other day about when we were looking uh, for the last episode on Calvinism and Arminianism and that kind of stuff, people want so badly for their theology to be mm-hmm. right, is what you said. And that struck me, because that's like, yeah, people in their whole lives just want to be right. And so they get offended if someone tells them that they're wrong, even if the facts are blatantly obvious. Yeah. I've had a lifetime of being dumb, so <laughs> being wrong for me has just been something that I live with. So um, just uh, <laughs> there is in my weakness the Lord's strength mm. to enter into a conversation ready to be wrong, mm. and it's a shock when I may not be. <laughs> so a lot of times I don't talk. Yeah. Oh, I just broke my pen. Well, that's a bummer. <laughs> but anyways. But so how does this how do you how how have you seen this play out on social media? Oh my goodness. I remember oh, I don't know why I remember these specific episodes, but there was a long line of things. Uh there's this one guy on Facebook who posts things that are controversial and then just leaves it. <laughs> and it's like, dude, why do you why are you do just this? to stir the pot? Yeah, basically. And then obviously there's like a thousand responses. And I just, for the heck of it, one day, this was a few years ago, decided to scroll through those, which is dangerous. That's like a minefield. And I remember seeing this one comment. This lady said, let's leave the theology to the theologians. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> you need to have some concept of theology to be a Christian. So there is some kind of, uh, I think, helpfulness, like you said, on these social media platforms. But... To respond for the sake of, like we said, being right and making someone else wrong and look dumb. Yeah, people feel the freedom to get all stupid up in here, <laughs> like that office meme with Michael Scott. <laughs> and they do, and it's stupid. That's that's one reason why I've, like you, have, have shied away from social media, because it's either overtly narcissistic mm. or just a breeding ground for terrible discussion and debate. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And it, it texting is, and, and when I say texting, I mean like even Facebook. Anytime you're writing text, that's hard to convey your meaning to people. Mm-hmm. Like there's a reason that we are able to talk to each other and and communicate with more than just our words, our body language and things like that. And so... When you're doing that, you have to really take into consideration that your emotion or your context or whatever it is you're thinking of at the time may not get conveyed to the person that's reading it on the other side. And that, I think, that that misconstrues a lot of people's responses on there. So how do we get over the fear of engaging someone one-to-one in person mm. with a disagreement? I think it's even harder now. In love. With grace. Ooh. That's in our info. That's our bio thing. Yeah. We should know how to do that. Yeah. It would be important. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I I really honestly think it's harder now because we're such like online creatures that being in person is weird. 
and and talking about things that we disagree about is even weirder. You know what I learned from Downton Abbey? <laughs> the classic BBC classic made for television series of a made for it. World War One era family. It is interesting. The Granthams. The Granthams. What'd Lord, you learn? Lord what'd you learn? They the British or your I don't know I don't know how to characterize it or who's who I can attribute to this, but they they are able to express their thoughts, mm. their opinions freely. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And they're they're not afraid of being hurt and they're not afraid of hurting somebody. Now there's there's an area there where as Christians we have to do that out of love with grace and all that sort of stuff. But I think we can a lot of times I stay silent maybe when I shouldn't because I don't know how to get the opinion out of my mouth without just severely disturbing somebody. <laughs> That's a interesting word choice. But yeah, no, I I get it. Um for me, I'll just put it in a relational a relational context with Rachel. That's her. That's her right there, my wife. I, I I feel like it's more important for me to get that out and to let them let her know yeah. than it is because I know myself. I'm prone to hold on to that and let that <clears throat> well up, and then I'll just get angry. And so if I communicate that to her right off the bat to let her know how an action or a word or lack thereof made me feel or think or whatever it is, it's better for me to communicate that than to hold that in and and let that work in my mind in a way that it... Is it easier to do with people that you love or is it harder? And I think there's a... I think I know what you're going to say, but go ahead. For me, it's easier. Yeah. But... Yeah. <laughs> With your spouse, it's probably easier than anybody. Yeah. to Almost to a fault sometimes. Yeah. And then when you move to that next level beyond the spouse, let's let's talk like our parents. Mm-hmm. Like that's harder. Yeah. Because yeah. there's, a, there's a command to obey, and mm-hmm. how do we faithfully do that without being a, a disrespectful jerk? <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, they've given their life to us how do we yeah you know <laughs> that's a weird one it yeah, is that's a weird one to to the kids i'll speak to that um because i don't have any that's an easy one <laughs> <laughs> that's an easy one. you know have you ever seen like full house or yeah. any <laughs> yeah okay you know how at the end they always like have a come to jesus moment <laughs> where uh Danny goes up to um DJ's bedroom and they sit on the bed and he's like, Look, Deej, you know, this is I'm gonna lay it out. Yeah. And they're gonna hug and they're gonna go on the next episode. Yep. We, that's like n- that's a good almost ideal, I think. Yeah. But oftentimes not realistic <laughs> because of it yeah. it doesn't happen that way a lot right. with sure. people. So yeah, we with the ones we love, we should be quick to do that easy to do that and we should have a good enough relationship with those closest to us to where they know that if we're communicating something to them it's uh it's weighty to us yeah and it's out of love yeah we're not desiring to take them apart yeah and so if you're only communicating those things in those times where you are 
then everything you communicate is going to be taken like that. So mm-hmm. I, I tend to over-communicate. Sometimes I say things that don't even need to be said. She's like, I don't even know what you're talking about. Which is, that's fine. At least she knows that when I'm coming to her, it's not, I'm not always going to be mad. She doesn't need to put her defenses up. Like, yeah, if, if we can convey that we're coming to them in love, just wanting to communicate, then I think that's helpful. So what are, what are some issues or topics we should take up with those who aren't family members or, or close to close friends? Yeah, I don't know. It depends on the context. I think in the context of the church, there's the um, there is still the familial aspect where we are still a family. So we do engage each other when we see error. Um, if we're in the position that we can offer some help and direction, if we're not, then you should keep your mouth shut. Mm. A lot of people don't understand that either. So go in on that. <laughs> well, uh, Jesus says in the Bible that <laughs> don't don't engage somebody to remove the speck from their eye if you've got a log in your eye if no. you've got bigger problems to deal with than than somebody else you're you're ignoring what you need to take care of in your own house before you're able to instruct and yeah. cuz in that in that situation there's not going to be love that is a desire to kind of one up somebody or over or uh, point out something in their life to help cover up your own guilt and your own shortcomings. Yeah. So that's where I'm coming from with that. Yeah, and you know, that's funny because that, it's not funny, it's serious, but that, that you bring that up, that's been something that's always helped. The Lord has always brought that to my mind to keep me humble. Like, anytime I want to go after somebody, he'll remind me of, of a scripture like that. That'll pull me back and say, how... Am I that much better than that person that I deserve to go and throw the first stone kind of thing? So it's always it's a, a pride-humbling scripture that if we remember that we are human as well as they are and that given our context and our situation, we're no better, That I think that helps us to stay humble and do those things in love. Yeah, that's one of the benefits of existing in a community where Christ is the head. Mm-hmm that were defined by grace. I'm preparing a message right now on prayer from the Sermon on the Mount, of course, and the, he, Jesus emphasizes the forgiveness. And so if we exist in a community where we see each other's errors um, and then we're, we use that to reflect on our own errors, then I think you have an opportunity for grace to abound but like paul we don't sin so that grace may abound yeah there's just going to be opportunity for it to abound yeah. we don't have to make anymore wow just make yeah you... <laughs> that was good that, that was, was good that was like was... a little dj yeah i didn't scratch. mean to do that but it came out wow you could do your own sound effects yes um i had a question and i lost it so i'll ask this one instead have you ever had the opportunity or taken an opportunity that maybe wasn't there to uh, comment on social media, make a comment? You know, it's been so many years since I was had my own Facebook that I don't, I don't know. You don't know? I don't know. Couldn't answer that. I don't know. Would you? Would I now? Would, yeah, would you? If So let's say you had a Facebook. Mm-hmm. Under your real name, yeah, and uh, there was what? What topic do you feel would be important enough to 
or is there one important enough to make a comment online? Well, I'll give you somewhat of an example. Um, as a pastor, I saw, I've seen a few things on social media where um, maybe some of our members were posting something that's not from a good source, or there was just maybe not the best uh, thing in the world to put out there. And I didn't comment on social media. Yeah, I I got in touch with them directly just to warn them, like, you probably want to stay away from that yeah and especially being connected with that by posting it the only time that i would actually post on social media i think is maybe if there was um maybe if there was a post that involved a lot of my congregation somehow i don't even know how this would come about but and everybody was kind of agreeing on some untruth i might comment to get the sheep back. Yeah. I th- I think that's a good context for a lot of people. If we focus and not to say that we need to focus on our like 10 pe- person group all the time. I mean, there's a world out there. But if we stop going after people that we don't know all the time, yeah. and start thinking about uh what's helpful for those that we're supposed to be helping. I think that's a good. That's great. Um yeah. I one thing I appreciate about um well Owen Strand, a professor at Midwestern, um he directs the Center for Public Theology at Midwestern as well and he talks about how to engage culture outside the church and I like the way that he does it because he will he'll engage the culture to present the Christian worldview of what these things are. So like what is a man? He'll comment from a biblical worldview on what uh, manhood is and what womanhood is. Yeah. And that's not necessarily debating back and forth with the culture on things like that. It's just presenting, like, here's what we believe it is and why we believe that's most yeah. relevant. So would that be a good, some good advice that you would give then to the rest of the church to say, if you, if you want to comment on something like that, always put forward Scripture? Yeah, I just present where you're coming from. You're not coming from the same worldview as somebody else. And and when whatever wherever you watch them come from, you should be asking questions first of you know how they got there, what brought them there, what 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 builds their worldview framework. Yeah. You should, and that's one beautiful thing that I like that Christian apologists do that are worth their salt is like Ravi Zacharias, he he questions the questioner he's interested in that heart and that soul and that person he's not interested in uh beating them down giving them the answer that will shut them up he's interested in why they believe what they believe and then then you have something to work with yeah that's good getting to the heart rather than cutting off a limb don't cut off the limb (laughs) but cut off your cut out your eye if it causes you to sin that could be a, a song lyric. I think it's a Bible lyric. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Yeah, no, you're right. I yep. I'll have to look that up to make sure though. So would you engage the the would you engage on social media in any regard? What if somebody on social media said I'm and I'm just making this up. Okay. So don't get offended. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what if, <laughs> What if somebody on social media said, I hate Rachel? 
I would wonder what she did, first of all, <laughs> or what she said. Like, gosh, <laughs> what'd you do fault. to them? <laughs> no. Whoops. No, I would I would be like, wow, I I don't know. I wouldn't be offended. I would what if they said, what if they made it more specific? And again, <laughs> <laughs> she is such a jerk. Wow. Then you would be like, that's untrue. But would you comment? I don't know if I would comment. Do I know this person? You know of them. I know of them. Do I have a, I guess I would have a way to contact them online. I would probably, so my whole idea is like, let's take this private as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. I don't want to really address anything in public that's not a public necessity yeah. kind of thing. So if this is, if this is private, <clears throat> excuse me, or we can talk more deeply about certain theological ideas or whatever it may be, then I'm going to probably just message them and say, Hey, what, what's the deal? What, what what happened? Did she wrong you in any way? Did you misunderstand something? So it, my idea is to always go to the person yeah. and try to get a better understanding of the situation. I like what you said about, <clears throat> excuse me, Ravi getting to the heart. Um, that may be a better idea to take into it. But I I often try to go to the source of the situation, try to get my head wrapped around, like, what are both sides thinking and doing here? Why... Why is that person mad at my wife? Uh. And does she even know who that is? Yeah. So so just taking both views and trying to get a better idea. I had this happen one time. I posted something on Facebook like four or five years ago, and um, there was somebody that uh, I knew and was actually close to at the time, and they commented on my post. I, th- I think I shared an article from desiring God and uh, they read it and commented on it and it was a very negative comment and <laughs> yuck did you feel yucky I, f- I felt offended actually at first and this was I was immature so I know four or five years is not that long ago but I'm still young so four or five years was a long time ago uh, I was offended at first but then I was like well that's not even my article. I don't know why I'm offended. So I messaged them. I actually texted them because I had their number. And I was like, hey, I don't understand your comment. Here's my opinion. And I just basically sent them a, a novel of a text. Mm. But we were able to at least come to an understanding of where the other one was coming from. So they didn't agree with what I posted and what I believed. But that was okay in the end because we, at least for the time being, were able to understand each other. And then from then on, we actually got to talk more about that later. But Yeah. Proverbs 15.1, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. You know how many times I had to memorize that as a young child? Uh, a lot. You did you? A lot. Like I, that was a thing? Like <laughs> go in your room and memorize Proverbs 15.1. Yeah, it was after I made my brother mad. Like, you know, you can push buttons on people. Yeah. Yeah. That I was... just dealt with that at lunchtime. Oh, so you know. So then there's your scripture verse to make them memorize. Yeah. I had to memorize that, and I had to repeat it a lot. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. I need to do that. There you go. Yeah. We yeah, accidentally came across something good today. Yeah. Um, and social media seems to be the f- platform platform that escalates stuff uh, yeah. extremely quickly. So, Why is that? 
Why does it get escalated? I don't know, because it's public and you don't want to be publicly shamed. Oh. I don't know. So the application of Jesus saying, you know, if if you got a problem with somebody, first go to them before you start making it public. So should we treat social media like we were in a public gathering? Like Yeah. I've never thought of this before. And I don't know why, but maybe <laughs> maybe we should start thinking about this like we're all out in public in a big circle if we're a part of this thread or whatever it may be. And that would help us to think about what we say before we say it. So if we're not going to say it in public in front of people, why are we going to say it online? Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think people are as in tune to hear you if when you, you when you address automatically publicly, I don't think people are as in tune to hear you because of that the nature of being seen and heard in front of everybody. Yeah. And people's pride is a sensitive thing and when you start tearing that down, uh especially in front of people, because how else do you exercise pride? Yeah. So unless to be seen. Yeah. So you start taking that down and you're just gonna, you know, put the put the uh the rat in the corner or in the bag and he's gonna try and choose way out. Yeah. And I mean putting ourselves in that putting myself in that situation, I would much rather somebody come to me privately than respond on a public forum. Yeah. And that's that's part of the advantage that we have with the spirit living within us is that when people do that to us, we have an opportunity to respond in a manner which is foreign to the world. Mm. We can lay the pride down. We can exercise humility and so we should, above all people, should be able to deal with being backed in a corner yeah. without responding in pride, I think, I hope. I hope so. That's that's so true. It is foreign to the world because they don't have the Holy Spirit. That's awesome. That's a great point. Yeah, not connected to that, and it's not going to come out well. Nope. But we can do it. It's. <laughs> I have a dear friend. Shout out Brent Huckabee. Hey, Brent. He uh, used this example one time. He said, suppose that there was some sort of scientific way that the essence of a Ninja Turtle was was established in you. And so would you expect then to <laughs> physically portray the attributes of a Ninja Turtle? I to, sure would. To do karate, to be extra strong and stealthy, uh, yeah. may have a propensity for pizza uh, with anchovies. <laughs> All that sort of stuff. Love rats. Um, I don't know. They, yeah. you know, splinter. Yes, I got that. So let's let's put that in a real-life context. If the spirit of the living God is in you, mm-hmm. should you not be able to exercise humility and gentleness and grace in all circumstances? And you do have the ability to do that. Yeah. And we, uh, sometimes I hear a lot of Christians say um, stuff like, if they're very boisterous and state their opinion in usually obnoxious way, they're like, you know, I know I'm this way or I know I'm that oh. way. Well, that's not okay. You know it, but that's not okay. <laughs> yeah. Like we don't accept that our flesh caused a division between us and God. Yeah. <laughs> so we reconcile that and we put it away. We put on Christ yeah. and we put off the old flesh. Yeah. Fruits of the Spirit. I mean, you just preached about uh, the Spirit this last week, right? Yeah. And so I got kind of distracted there by what we can do or what we have the power to do in the Spirit by what you were just commenting on. 
But for sure, whatever our agreements or disagreements may be on continuationism or cessationism, we know the fruits of the Spirit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And we should be able to exercise every single one of those as we live a life in Christ. Yeah. And sometimes that's even harder to do in Christian circles because you see a lot of error within the family that is just obnoxious and it just overcomes you sometimes, overwhelms you. Yeah. But um, even, you know, especially with our own brothers and sisters, we're not going to win them or point them back on the way or anything by just freaking out on them and being so critical and judgmental and not that we can't discern error but right how do you how do you handle that here's one thing i'm learning in my life over the last year or so is that even if you are right and i think this can kind of correspond with commenting wherever even if you are right you're not going to make a person understand you cannot change their heart or their mind. No word that you say has enough power to change another person's mind and make them think, oh my gosh, yeah, you're right. Wow, God is glorious. That's not my job. Like, There have been so many conversations I've had with so many different people, like different types of people, men, women, young, old, many backgrounds. And even though I have a bunch of scripture to back up what I'm saying, that doesn't make them change their mind. No. So <laughs> I'm learning to not die on every hill. Yeah. Somebody said, maybe you were with me. Uh, we were listening to a speaker, and he said, wisdom in, as you get older is learning that there's not that many hills to die on. Uh, yeah. You know, John, the, that's a good point, though. You're not going to make somebody change john the baptist is out there and he's telling people you need to be baptized in keeping with repentance and the pharisees are out there watching him and as compelling as he is to the hundreds or thousands that come out to be baptized there's surely people just standing on the side saying this guy's crazy yeah he's eating locust he's wearing camel hair yeah he looks insane (laughs) and i don't want to listen to anything he has to say yeah i it's Kind of crazy to think about. I mean, Paul travels all over the known world at the time debating, yet I think that he would have known that he was not the one changing yeah. hearts and souls. Now, Paul engages in the public square. He, quote-unquote, makes a social media comment ah. in real life. In real life, yes. You know, he ends up in Athens, and he's observing everything. And he tells them, look, I see that you have a stone here or something dedicated to the creator, you know, of the universe, whatever. And then he simply says, I'm going to tell you who that is. (laughs) And uh, I think it carries on to say that he would speak, you know, several hours with people after the fact. And that's one thing, again, I'll go back to the... Ravi Zacharias International Ministries, those guys that are on that team, they will often um, spend quite a bit amount of time after they're done giving their presentation, um, after they're done with the main Q&A time, to just have people come up to them 
um, off mic and all that stuff and just talk. And that's a that's what we need to be willing to do. Yeah, I I agree. I think the more opportunities we have to talk with people, rather than just make short little yeah clips co- of comments, would be more helpful. It's very hard to convey an entire theology in two sentences. Why does it get so awkward sometimes in the conversations of disagreements where we try to over, <laughs> over, um, uh, I don't know what the word is, uh, overcompensate for the intenseness of the situation, and so we just act like extremely nice at the end, and we try and just like really butter people up at the just to. Do we need to do that? I don't. Th- I I don't think as much as we probably do. Yeah, it gets weird. It does, and I think maybe that comes from not wanting to offend people. Yeah, which is good. Because well, right, to a to a certain extent. Yeah, to the extent that we don't compromise the truth or what we believe. I had a guy ask. I, I don't want to interrupt you. I had a guy ask me one time. Um, in context of me coming to their church as pastor, and he said, "Do you are you are you afraid to step on people's toes?" And the answer that seemed obvious to me was like, "Well, I don't. I, that's not my job to do that. Yeah, the the word of God will step on people's toes. Yeah, just fine. Yeah, and I'll I'll leave I'll leave that to him. Yeah, you know." And I don't need to step on people's toes. His truth is enough to do that in people like us. So Yeah, definitely. Anyways, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but No, that's okay. I I think that if yeah, that's a great thing to keep in mind, is that if we are speaking truth, inevitably those who are living against the truth or in contrary to the truth are gonna be offended by the truth because it upsets their way of life, the way that they want to live. But I don't think that that means we need to, like, it kind of makes me think of of some churches that will, at the beginning of the service, tell their congregation that sin is wrong. But then, like, by the end of the service, you feel like, oh, but I'm a good person. Like, (laughs) wait, what happened in between there where they said that this action is sin, which I may or may not be caught in right now and yet at the end of the service i feel like i'm a good person yeah i think that's the point which we've gone too far to to make people feel like you're you're okay being wrong it's fine for you to be wrong there was a preacher i listened to that uh i I don't remember what the context was but he he had said at the beginning or at the end, like, what do you got to lose? Try Jesus. Maybe Jesus is for you. And if he's not, that's okay. No, that's not okay. Yeah, <laughs> you have to be objective with truth. Yeah. You can't be subjective with truth. So you can't you can't make the person that you're talking to, if you know that what the Bible says is clear and that's the topic that you're talking about, you can't compromise the truth. I, basically, I just took the long way around to say, don't compromise the truth by making them feel good. Yeah. Or trying not to offend them. Yeah. Yeah. You got to stick to your guns. Yeah. I think so. Truth is objective. It is. That's. Whew. So what do we use social media for then? 
if it's not to get in these pithy debates. Gosh, I think there's I, a whole slew of good things to use it for. You've been using it for good things. It hasn't quite been working as well. Yeah. Um, <laughs> try to make announcements that we we do this podcast. <laughs> yeah. I think I even found out how to do a poll question last night. Did you answer it? No, I didn't know it was up. I gotta, I'll got. i go answer it. Yeah. Funny, <laughs> funny story about poll questions. Yeah. When we were in co- or when I was in college, one of my best friends figured out how to do poll questions, and so he would email us like a. We had a group of like four or five guys, literally just four or five of us. He would email us a new poll question like every other week. He'd email it. He'd email it, and we'd have to fill it out. He'd be like, what are we gonna do this weekend? Like, oh wow! <laughs> vote for this. So he figured out how to do it in email. And yeah. Send it to you. That's really so. There you go. There's some good. Cute. Yeah, it was cute. But yeah, so Facebook Live? Well, yeah, no, that's um that's a good point. Right now during this quarantine time, social media has been our friend in that way. Mm. And we and I've learned that you can do a lot to alert people or draw people their attention to the fact that that's happening. And you know, think thankfully um to God using social media, man, I can't hardly say social sometimes. It's okay. Social. <laughs> I've seen a lot of people that I've never heard of um maybe even from out of state, who show up to these things. So the Word of God being out on the Internet is just like the Word of God being anywhere in the public yeah. sphere. Yeah, It's an opportunity for people to come in contact with it. So it's been our friend. I I reluctantly use it, but I know how good it is to use it, and um, I have trouble using it. <laughs> and there's people that can really utilize it to its full advantage. There are some people... I don't know how to do that. I'm not one of them. But I I guess I have to learn. I don't know. I wish someone else would learn for me. I think, that's why you have kids, right? No, they're too little. They're not going to touch social media till they're, <laughs> I don't even know, 18 maybe? Oh, well, that's. I think it is beneficial. It can be helpful. Uh, we've kind of been negative about it, but it can be helpful. Yeah, and I, you know, I get tuned on to a lot of things through social media, through... Just coming across a quick quote or even a picture of a book, oh, you yeah. know? Yeah. Sometimes people do that in a way that maybe they're wanting to look a little smarter than they are. I'm sure there's some <laughs> negative motives in that. But a lot of times when people post pictures of books or what they're doing or writing or whatever, it's, uh, you know, this, for example, this book I got in the mail uh, written by G.K. Beale and Mitchell Kim, God Dwells Among Us. I saw somebody on Instagram reading oh. that. And it was like, man, I need to pay attention to that. So it's a good way to point us to things that are out there on the Internet. Yeah, and more resources than we would have otherwise. We, uh, a mm-hmm. lot of my books that I read, I get online. It mm-hmm. may not be on social media per se, but through websites or authors who have their own website recommending other books and authors. So, yeah, yeah great resource for sure to be had. But as far as debate on social media, try and stay away. Yeah, try de- and utilize it in a in a beneficial way. Yeah, just like we had the episode on Christian media consumption. Mm. Consume things that are helpful to you. Stay away from things that are harmful for you. Yeah, and that's in all walks of life. And so, yeah, I would say all the books on my shelf either came from me seeing somebody post a picture of a syllabus, somebody post a picture of an author, some you know, yeah, just. But you didn't get on there and tell them, hey, how awful they were for 
No. I don't know where I'm going. I don't know. I don't know. But you went and you're back. (laughs) back. And I'm glad that you're back. back. Came back. Yeah. So uh, what else do we have to say about this? I I don't know. Um, Just just keep on trucking. Yeah. I like it. (laughs) And all of... And all of life, use social media in in an advantageous way. Try not to be narcissistic. Ooh. Definitely don't be um, uh, confrontational. Yeah. If there is a right opportunity, which you're going to have to discern, Christian in the spirit to um, give truth and not throw your pearls before swine, or you know, give things to people that don't want to hear, um, then do it. Yep. But I would I would argue that that's probably few and far between yeah i would agree so i i don't know of an opportunity that i've even seen recently that would be like oh yeah well i maybe would have commented on that yeah i mean i think they're rare yeah in that context yeah yeah so well andy it's been great we've been there we've been here there, we're not saying that we know hardly anything about this topic there's a lot more resources out there to point you in the right direction. I would continue to point you to Owen Strand in the Center for Public Theology at Midwestern. Mm. His podcast, City of God, um, definitely engages with these things. So here's a... Okay, before we go, here's another thing. We can engage with debates, even in the culture, by showing them to our people and instructing them how to think through that or engage with that in their own mind and heart and soul mm-hmm. instead of just going after with picket signs. Yeah. The culture. Yeah. Yeah. That's there's a lot to be said on that. Even when even when people stand outside of abortion clinics, mm-hmm. y- there's a way to engage gracefully in that way too. Yeah. Not to call these women murderers and stuff that are walking in there, but to offer them grace yeah (laughs) so if we engage we engage in a way that offers grace and yeah what is helpful i I always try to think about um not necessarily coming from the standpoint of like is this right or wrong but because there are some areas in scripture that are kind of gray but what's helpful i mean like should we still not eat pork yeah (laughs) yeah should we should be kosher i think one thing that's big in our culture uh, I think it's becoming less of a, a big deal, but alcohol um, should are we free to drink it or not? And in our in in my life in my context, what's helpful is no. I I'm not saying that I can't. I'm not saying yeah. that that's a sin, but what's helpful in my life is that it's that I don't. Yeah, and to be and we enter those debates again, having to have a full understanding of the word. And so what does Paul say on things like this? How does he engage with things like this, you know? Yeah. Um, so I forget the reference right now, but, you know, we uh, if somebody wants to not eat a certain meat, let them do it. You know, if somebody's going to honor a certain day as greater than another one, let them do it. Like, don't freak out. <laughs> yeah. But like you said, uh, you take the route of, you you don't do anything that is not helpful. Helpful. Yeah. So if my eating meat that was sacrificed to an idol, even though that I don't acknowledge that or whatever, if I eat that and that causes somebody else harm, then I'm not even going to enter into the, the the debate whether or not I can do that. Yeah. 
because obviously I can do that. Yeah. But it's not going to be helpful to somebody. Right. So you don't even have to debate. Right. I don't know. <laughs> mic drop. <laughs> what? Uh, mic drop. Mic drop. These mics don't drop. No, they don't. It would probably be bad if we did. So my whole thing with that was, like, if you're going to enter into a debate or you're thinking about it, think about what it, is what I have to say truly going to benefit the people that are going to hear. Yeah, think about it. Think, think about it. And on that. <laughs> and on that, we're going to sign off. We're going to g- g- go. Yeah. <laughs> okay, bye. I love you.